Welcome everyone to today's episode of Humans of SDU. With today's episode, we are reaching an incredible number of 50 episodes. So we are very delighted that we can celebrate this number by our guest, who is Timon. Your hosts today are going to be me, Anna and Martin. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Timon. Welcome to Humans of SDU. It's really great to have you here because you were somehow part of it since the very beginning. Since <laughs> you were my good friend and you had to listen to me talking about it a lot. So I'm glad that we can finally have you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, I can kick off directly with uh, that the fact that you're actually my friend and we do the master thesis together right now mm-hmm. because I know the topic that we write about is of your big interest we write about uh, negotiations and about cultures yes so how is it that such a topic actually started to be interesting to I think it was um, I started to get interested during my bachelor's so I was studying international business and management studies And I noticed that I really enjoyed the international environment. Um, During that time, I had the opportunity to go on Erasmus as well, which I was very happy about. And I was able to go to Finland. And this was the first time that I actually lived abroad and studied abroad. Uh, And I took several courses there as well in international communication and in uh, conflict resolution. And it was during that time that I realized, oh, wow, this is really interesting. There is so much you can do with this. And uh, there is so much I don't know about it as well. It it really sparked something inside of me. And from that day, that was, I think, in 2015, I knew, okay, I I will continue in this direction and will go for a master's degree. Okay, so your interest was already before choosing a master. That's probably what influenced your choice. Oh yes, the 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 master's degree was is was more finding a the perfect master's uh, than actually looking for oh what do I find interesting in a master's. <laughs> so I started off with my interests and I, I can tell briefly about it. I made this giant Excel sheet. <laughs> it, it was a bit ridiculous, I have to say, but it was uh, I looked at uh, countries and universities and then master courses and I filtered it from there. <laughs> So it sounds uh, insane, but I, I had a um, basically a ranking of countries that I would be interested in. <laughs> also, cultures uh, were part of it as well. And so I distilled it eventually to Denmark. But I think I was biased from the start. So, so what's that? But what made you biased then? My, uh, so I have for a very long time had a very long interest in the Nordic countries. Okay. Um, so you set the parameters that the outcome would be on the north. (laughs) I'm going to say that I was as objective as I could be, but there were certain parts that were very important to me, such as uh, what the education system was like, uh, how the teaching is, and of course, what can I expect from the environment as well? And well, as a Dutch person, how much does it cost? (laughs) So that's where I ended up with four countries, basically. Uh, sorry, five countries, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and the odd one out was Austria. (laughs) Um, From there on, I started looking at the universities and which master degrees they had. And when I was going through those, I very quickly found out that Denmark had 
the areas that interested me the most and had the, the best master courses, at least to me personally. All right, and, and since we are the humans of SDU, then what was the what was about the University of Southern Denmark that, um, that brought your attention to? So during my bachelor's, I actually had a professor who mentioned them as well. They mentioned he mentioned was a law professor, and he said, "Yeah, you should have a look at the University of Southern Denmark." And and I remember back then I said. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> this this is never happened. Uh, it's never gonna happen. And uh, at a was uh, convinced at a certain point, Copenhagen Business School. That's the place to go to. Um, but eventually, when I was making this ranking as well, forcing myself to look at all the universities, how their teaching was, and uh, what master courses they offered, they SDU really stood out uh, with business language and culture the master I'm doing right now and of course what we're writing our thesis for because it seemed to based upon the descriptions take all the boxes and I've been very, very happy with my choice as well no, that's great <laughs> it's such a systematic choice like compared to us too we had Mishka <laughs> here and she was like yeah you should come yeah we're coming <laughs> so this is just a yeah mm-hmm. uh, a good job for that uh, the way we're Uh, exploring interculturality in our thesis is in a business context. Yes. But since you said it yourself that you went on an exchange and you're studying abroad now, and I know that you have a bunch of international friends. So do you somehow uh, perceive the intercultural differences also on this level that you don't necessarily need to, yeah, with your friends? And uh, uh, That's a good question uh, because it, You, you tend to very easily forget about it, but sometimes they become very apparent. So um, one of the most obvious always is is the time difference, the, the different attitude towards time. And um, there are certain cultures, dignity cultures, that tend to be more punctual overall compared to uh, honor cultures, for example. And sometimes, Even though you don't think about it, this might play a role in the way you have your interactions and even how they view, view, okay, how do we plan out the day and how should we schedule things? Whereas I, my, my, from my Dutch nature, I'm quite sequential and everything <laughs> has to be finished before I move to the next step. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you, uh, I remember during my bachelor's, I worked from someone who was from uh, Oman And at the time, I wasn't very good in the intercultural uh, awareness department. And I, I just couldn't figure out a lot of stuff why he was all over the place, for example. <laughs> uh, and and that is one of the, I think, the most interesting areas as well is because you might experience it without knowing. You might not be aware of it. And um, at the same time, you accept as well that you should be open to making mistakes and uh, everything that comes with it. Hmm. But then in such a diverse and diverse group, it's a mixture of very different aspects of behavior and approaches to stuff. The time was just an example. Mm -hmm. I can imagine there is much more behind it. So doesn't it result in uh, conflicting situations? Since it's too diverse, maybe too different? Um, it, it kind of depends. So within the context of having an international friend group, 
I would say that you know that everybody comes from somewhere else and that they have a different background and they have a different fa uh, frame of reference. And often, uh, at least from my experience, what I see is that these people, they put themselves in a situation as well where they're going to meet internationals, where they will have international friends. And I think that already plays a, a major role in why it's a lot easier. So the conflicts that might arise from it appear to be uh, more manageable. Okay, because people are aware of yes. that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that we know every single detail about every single aspect of the culture. If you ask me exactly if in uh, all the models where the Czech culture uh, yeah, is placed, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know where they are on the time scale or uh, somewhere else. Um, but that's part of it. But I was also now thinking about it. Isn't it also that when you are talking about a group of friends, that the, the main goal of the whole group there is just to have fun. Mm -hmm. You are not, you don't have, you, you don't want to achieve anything as, as, as in a business uh, setting. So, oh, that's definitely true. As soon as you're in a business setting, I, from personal experience as well, that it becomes uh, way more challenging. But also maybe a question that actually bothered my mind for a while, <laughs> because there are these cultural differences and we, we, are, we can be aware of them, we can try to understand them, but do you still think they play a role in these international environments that we, all of us are in? Doesn't it just blend in into one culture that will just overshadow it all and then these differences wouldn't matter? Um, I, I think there you have to make a distinction between the cultural differences and also a certain sense of cultural similarities. Um, while as far as I'm aware, it, it, this is not a big research topic, but there are always binding factors and uh, there are people who argue, academics as well, that yeah, globalization, everything becomes more homogenous. Um, but then at the core, there are still the, the values, belief systems that are different. So interpretations of the same action below the surface might still be different. So you might not perceive that it's there. So um, I, I still think it's very relevant, but it might be very hard to realize that there is a different perspective mm -hmm. or a different interpretation of certain things. That was a tough question. Good, do well done, well done. <laughs> I, I think I'm ready to be a politician now after that. <laughs> and did you yourself have any like uh, hard time to let maybe adjust your I don't know whether mindset, but or your behavior around other people from different cultures? Some. I, I well, I guess it comes down to accepting that you will make mistakes in the end because I d certainly yeah. did in the past. I, I can give two examples. Uh, I worked in a company in the Netherlands for a while. It was a Japanese company and we had a Japanese colleague coming in. And uh, I think a lot of people are aware of it as well that the Japanese culture is very different to Western cultures in general. Uh, and they have very strict cultural rules as well. And one of the strictest rules around uh, in business practices around business cards. So when you have a business card, you should accept it with two hands, inspect it, look at it, keep it in your hands at all times and treat it as it's something very precious. 
Now, I worked at this company and a, we had a colleague coming in from Japan. It was his first time abroad as well. It was in his first weeks and I was just an intern. So I, I didn't have any business cards. <laughs> and he, that, you can hear it coming already. So he came up to me and he gave me his business card and it had the two hands and everything. And I did that part right because I knew about it. But the next step was a bit problematic because normally you then give a business card back but I didn't have one. So <laughs> just quickly write your phone, <laughs> phone number on a piece of paper. <laughs> that is not accepted as well, apparently. So I kind of froze in the spot and I just said, uh, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have a business card because I'm an intern here. And what happened after that is he turned around, he walked away from me and he didn't interact with me for two weeks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure if this is an extreme example, but that was, that was the first time I really thought, oh, Okay, I need to be prepared for these situations. <laughs> that was maybe a fault of the company, you know, that they didn't equip you with uh, business cards. Exactly. So, so uh, it, you would expect, <laughs> since it was a Japanese company, yeah. that the, the business cards would be there before my desk was. But, <laughs> but uh, yes. That's a good one. Do you have the second example as well? Yeah, I went uh, to Malaysia once for an internship as well. And I have to admit, I was very poorly prepared for that. And um, it was whenever when I started to introduce myself to people, it took me such a long time to realize that the, the women weren't able to shake my hand. So instead, I kept reaching my hand out because it's not accepted uh, over there when you are Muslim to shake a man's hand to have that um, touch. So it, it took me way too long <laughs> to register that, oh yeah, this, this is, I should not do this because <laughs> I'm putting that in an awkward position and just bowing like that, uh, just a small bow is good enough. <laughs> That's really nice. Uh, I would never, yeah, these are just so, such a banal things. You would never say that they are, would cause such problems. But on the other hand, when you when you don't prepare yourself, it's like maybe uh, more fun. Yeah, more fun, but better, better, better <laughs> experience, is. you know, because you will experience it like from the first place when, when you read about, okay, I have to do that, I have to do that, then you will miss a lot of surprises <laughs> on the way. It, it, it's definitely true. And the, it's fun as well to discover things that are uh, completely different or like that, that let you freeze for a second and then you find, oh, that was the explanation why this <laughs> happened. You just missed a part of the information. And, and um, I, I think that's extremely interesting, both in a, like a business context and social context. Uh, mm. Yeah. But uh, we're writing the thesis on this topic right now. And where is the future journey of yours going to be with interculturality? Or do you have an idea where you would like it to take you? Yes, I do have a general idea. So um, several years ago, I already said to myself, I want to have this international intercultural part to be have a very strong presence in whatever I'll end up doing. And um, at the moment, I'm working with a couple of friends on a startup idea. And ideally, in the long term, that develops into something internationally, uh, something global as well. And from there on, I would be able to, yeah, put this knowledge, knowledge into practice, but also put myself in these positions where the international aspect comes back. And I, I find that uh, deeply interesting. Okay. 
then our thesis is going to come more handy than <laughs> I hope so. It, I mean, it covers negotiation, so I hope it will give me an edge in every negotiation I'll have. <laughs> not, that, uh, not that I'm going to steal all value from it. This interest has been here for a while, but since I know you for some time, <laughs> I'm going to use that opportunity to ask this following question, because I know that you were very interested in a very different area before you actually started That's this true. university. And I know you were, it was the film industry. Yes. Could you tell us more about that, please? So uh, right around ending high school, I was, I didn't really know what to do, but I had developed a, an interest in the film industry. And at a certain point, I thought it would be really cool to start directing movies. So like, yeah, let's direct. Let's movies. do. Let's give this a shot. It's it's been my passion for 20 days. So <laughs> let's do this. Um, so I was able to go to it's called an orientation year for the Dutch National Film and Television Academy. And basically, we only have two universities that focus on film and television. So I, I went there and they introduced you to every single aspect. So you do animation, you do editing, you do sound design, you do script writing, uh, documentary making, fiction, uh, everything. And it was an interesting experience. It, but at the time I realized this is not something I see myself doing professionally. Because um, if you want to make movies as you see in Hollywood the, the Netherlands isn't particularly known for the great blockbusters <laughs> uh, I don't know the last time that uh, one of her movies was nominated for an Oscar but uh, I think it has been a actually there was one uh, during this, this uh, these Oscars um, but it's a extremely challenging environment and we had several a lot of professionals that were very well known in the Netherlands come over as well and talk about it and I remember at one time they were all painting this picture that it was beautiful to live out your passions but there was one person that after we had our lecture we all went outdoors during lunchtime and he basically told that it is if this is your passion this is the the thing that you should do for the rest of life but even if there's a shred of doubt, you're gonna struggle because every single day is fighting over scraps. I don't know whether I can pay my bills next month. Okay. They don't have a lot of full-time employment. Um, and that startled me a bit as well. But it also was uh, an eye-opener that, okay, I already had started to have some doubts during that period, so why not look for something else? And that's when I slowly started to go towards the international business area, and that's eventually how I ended up here. And you still kept something from the film making, directing, the, like a, maybe like a hobby taking. Well, I did take uh, start took pictures for a while, but it's been a while since I do that. The, uh, the only thing that's left from that is the equipment that I bought back then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's still ready to be. It, it's still, I, I do have my uh, microphone, I do have my Canon, uh, what, what is it, 60D, 
but I've been considering for a while to sell it and uh, since it's uh, mostly gathering dust right now. But I guess it actually, now that I think of it, it, it came in handy several times during my uh, previous job. So because I was familiar with uh, Premiere Pro, which is a video editing software from Adobe, I was able to do some basic editing. And now and then it's also, it's fun to work on something very small, but it's not that I get uh, a ton of energy or passion yeah. out of it. Before closing this up, I'd like to touch upon on one more aspect that I know you've been experiencing with lately. Yeah, let's, let's, let's use this friendship to the fullest. <laughs> let's use the oh inside God. information. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about your vegan challenge. I know oh. that you <laughs> challenged yourself to go on a vegan diet for the last weeks. Or how long has D it been? This is uh, today. If I finish today, it's uh, four weeks exactly. It's already four weeks. So are you, are you planning to continue or are you I, done? I am. I never thought I could go fully vegan. I, uh, I always was very skeptical about it. Um, but after listening to one podcast uh, that, that, that doesn't talk generally about veganism, but they addressed the topic and the researcher, she made some extremely good points um, and the interviewers as well. So I thought at a certain point that, okay, I've been, I have had my criticism. Why not give it a shot? Because if I at least give it a shot, I can give honest criticism as well. And so I started doing it. And so far it's actually been easier than I expected. Um, and I've discovered some new interesting ingredients as well that I would have <laughs> never tried otherwise. So like a, a jackfruit can be a substitute for pulled pork. So you have a pulled pork burger, but then th with jackfruit or a, an alternative to cheese, uh, which is very dear to my heart as a Dutchman. It was um, a, a yeast product and it actually tastes better than most cheese from the supermarket so yeah, i thought you would say from netherlands but i'm not going that far <laughs> like it's uh, it, uh, when i wasn't vegan yet the i wasn't very excited about most cheeses here i missed my gu my uh, gouda or as it should be pronounced gouda uh, we just so heard a weird noise that killed yeah well, we i can you do more um, <laughs> But it, it's it, it's interesting to really experience, okay, what is it like? And also know that, well, we all are aware that it's probably better for the environment and animal care and whatever to go vegan. But to experience it, it's, it's interesting. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever tried a Beyond Meat burger, but that, that thing is amazing. I haven't, no. It nope. is. Uh, there, there was a place downtown. It unfortunately closed uh, several months ago already, but I was curious about it. And I have to be honest, it was better than most meat burgers I've ever had. That's nice. So what's the plan with it? Are you going to turn it into a permanent diet or I did you set yourself a limit? I, I haven't set myself a limit, but I don't think it will turn out to be a permanent diet in the end. Although I do think that what is very likely is that I will shift towards it. Maybe during uh, weekdays I will be vegan and in the weekend I can have my the burger, uh, my, my burger <laughs> um, or eat vegetarian or something so that I have cheese. 
<laughs> maybe that, that's that's the, the the big thing as long as it's dutch cheese otherwise uh, i'm fine with staying vegan <laughs> brilliant well timon you already know as our listener top <laughs> five on this my, my spotify playlist yeah thank you for saying that <laughs> you know what the last question is so what is your life hack it is I, I i thought about it before and i thought it was <laughs> you came prepared I, no, that's the thing i was prepared but i forgot my tip <laughs> so um i i think a life hack even though it's it's not really something that that's that clear i, I remember one person telling about the brush your teeth on the toilet which was a good one um stay determined that is determination is can bring more to the table than motivation you can lose your motivation you can lose your will to yeah really focus on this subject or master thesis but being staying determined to reach that goal will make you motivated as well all right that's very nice we'll take it to our hearts hopefully the listeners will too and that was it today, Thailand. Thank you very much for joining us behind the mics. I hope it was a pleasant experience for you. It was. I can recommend it to others as well. And that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. And remember that this episode was brought to you together with Merit Media. Also, check out our webpage. Bye.